Hi, my name is Gunnar Froh and I'm your host on the Wonder Mobility Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Wonder Mobility Podcast. Today I'm with Zhang Wei. And uh, we have not met in person before, but I read about you many times and also your company, of course. Your company is new, the car company. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Gunnar. Thank you for having me today. And Neo has seen a very meteoric rise in terms of recognition in the West, in terms of market cap also since last year. You're a premium electric car company headquartered in China, but with offices and teams also in California, also in Germany, in Munich. Can you give us a bit of an overview quickly of who the company is today and what you're building? Right, Gunnar, thanks for the introduction. Uh, NIO was founded in 2014, and NIO is uh, founded being a user enterprise based on smart EV as a platform. And NIO started uh, from the very beginning as a global startup. As you mentioned, we have worldwide footprint in China with a headquarter and also in Europe with a two locations, one in Munich, serving as a global design headquarter and also the European headquarter. Plus, we have an advanced engineering center based in Oxford. And in the Silicon Valley, we have an organization since 2016 focusing on the software, architecture development, and also autonomous driving technology. And NEO started with... Uh, really zero grant 2014 and just uh, three years, three and a half years after the foundation, we could launch our first uh, mass production car, that is ES8, end of uh, 2017, which started to delivery in 2018. And since uh, September 2018, NEO started to be listed in the New York Stocks Exchange. And NEO's purpose is never being another car company. The vision of the company is to build up a user enterprise. The company has been founded not even seven years ago. And after you said three and a half years, you launched a first car. They are now also available in Europe. I believe only a few days ago, you had a launch event in Norway. Maybe interesting later on to talk about why Norway, but it's very much on the forefront of electric vehicles. And you have now a range of vehicles, premium sedans, SUVs, and the company has really shot up in valuation and recognition in the last, let's say, 14 months, I think. And today, you said listed in New York has a market cap bigger than Daimler. How is that, how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I think, Gunnar, we're talking about two different things, uh, if I may. Uh, one thing is about the capital, uh, market capitalization, what you're talking about. On that topic, I think, as a company, we don't really comment too much. It's about uh, how the capital market look at into the company. And as far as my understanding accordingly, it's really about the future and the future potential of the company, how the capital market really makes the so-called uh, capitalization for a single company. And uh, they are buying basically what would be the future. And 
if I talk about the NEO itself, as I mentioned, we started uh, November 2014 really with uh, less than 30, 50 people and in a garage in uh, Shanghai city. And then we are now about uh, over 9,000 employees worldwide, as I said. Of course, pretty uh, mainly in China and in the Chinese market, but also in the other uh, locations worldwide. And we could, uh, we are selling right now already three mass production vehicles. One is the ES8, is a seven-seater big SUV. And also the second is a top seller in its segment for the BEV SUV in the Chinese market is called ES6. And the third one is a SUV coupe, we call it EC6. All those three cars are selling quite well in the premium segment. And uh, we could until end of the April already totally sold a hundred thousand cars. And by the way, the cars is with a higher average MSRP selling price. Our ASP in Chinese market last year was about $20,000 higher than the ASP of Tesla. So NIO is the only Chinese brand in the premium segment for BEV market. That's very fascinating. And can you speak a little bit about the European launch? How are you planning to roll out? What are you going to, to do differently maybe from other car companies also in terms of dealerships and reaching clients? Yeah, let me uh, split uh, your question into two parts. One is uh, overall the timing plan coming to the European market. As you mentioned, last Thursday, we had the press conference about our Norwegian strategy with a worldwide announcement as the first time. And we will deliver our first vehicle to the Norwegian customer in September this year. And about the other market, we also announced last week with an interview of our founder and chairman that we will come to German market next year. And also together with the German market, we are planning the other four markets. That means next year, there's uh, five European countries on top of a Norwegian market where we want to start to serve our customers. So this is about the timing plan. The second is about the business concept, how we want to launch or serve our customer or our user in European market. If you may, I would step back first talking about the so-called new ecosystem overall. So in, as I said, Neo never want to be another car company. We want to be a user enterprise. So that's why on the, if I may describe the, the ecosystem as a house, we have the roof as a user enterprise. And we have a, the house has a five pillars mainly as a, the main element consisting of our uh, ecosystem. That's you start with a smart EV with uh, the Forta, with ADAS or the AD capability. And uh, secondly, is our power solution, including from home charger to supercharger, DC charger. And last not the least is our unique selling point, uh, the Neo Swap Station plus the bus as a business model. And the third one is our service uh, infrastructure. 
We are serving in China with our own service center, also partner service center plus our service mobile, and、uh, we are enjoying one of the best NPI, the Net Promotion Index of the Chinese market last year, over fifty four percent. Meaning, every second car we are selling in Chinese market are through word of mouth recommendation.、Hmm. And the fourth pillar is our points of sales because we are not working with importer, distributor, or retailer. Instead, Neil is building up our own points of sales all over China. First, what we will do also in in Europe. First, starting in Norway. That includes、uh, two kind of uh, uh, formats. One we call it new house is more a kind of a meeting venue where we meet our user, our friends, and the partners. Is offering not only showroom but also a new cafe, a library, a we workplace, but also、um, so called drawing camp like Kinder Playground. The kids playground and also a forum where we can host or help our user organize and host all of the activities they want to share with their other user or their friends like minded. And last but not least of the column is our so-called new community. This is the most important part overall, and we are, for example, organizing since 2017. Already, our so-called new day is an annual user party, which is organized and facilitated by Neil, but mainly directed and initiated. By our user, like last year in China, our user made the decision where the new day should take place. And secondly, we have like a new radio, like you guys, where we are producing our content for our user, which have a penetration rate among our user over ninety percent. And we have a a new life. It's more than merchandising. I give you a figures how strong the new life is a connection、uh, between the new brand and the user. We have sold hundred、uh, thousand cars, as I mentioned, until end of April. But、mm-hmm. we have sold over three millions items of new life, starting、mm-hmm. from、uh, food cookies until, of course,、uh, the suitcase. And、uh, New Life are working from the very beginning with an、uh, international, well-known designer like、uh, Tom Dixon, and also like we announced、uh, last week,、uh, we are working with a、uh, two local Norwegian designer who will create、uh, Norwegian-style New Life items、uh, for our user all over the world. Actually, I can tell you, we create a T-shirt for our launch in、uh, Norway. And they just sold out in the first twenty minutes by all the users all over the world, mainly in China. I can tell you, and we have also so-called cease talk, like text speech, and we invited the celebrities and also guys like you from the different industry share your insight views and your visions with our user. And last not least is the user trusty fund. Which was established shortly after the new IPO in 2019, for which our chairman donated 15 millions of his shares to this trustee fund, and that's. 
build up basically all those of the new community. Of course, we have a lot of user activities like a new summer or some other activities just organized by new and our user together. And the foundation of the ecosystem house, the new app and the new clouds. New app is with 1.4 million downloads and over 200,000 active daily users, which is the main major channels connecting the brand new and our users. So this is, uh, if we understand the new ecosystem house, and uh, we can understand how we gonna launch in the European market. What we have demonstrated last Thursday, so we will have our new house, is already under construction right now in Oslo, just um, several hundred meters to the Royal Castle. And we have our new service center will be opened in the summertime. And we have our new app will, will be launched for our user. And we have, of course, our battery swap station. And only this year, we will have four battery swap stations open up in the great Oslo area. And further on next year, we will also open up some further more battery swap station in the major cities in Norway. And of course, we started with our community work. We also have announced to start with a new advisory board campaign for which we are asking and inviting our user in Norway to join as a part of the advisory board. So that is pretty much explains how the business model will look like in the European market starting in Norway. Very fascinating. Thanks a lot for walking us through this. You said initially we are not another electric car company, not even another premium electric car company. And everybody thinks, okay, what exactly does it mean? Because mostly you're known for the cars, but now I understand a little bit better that your strategy has these five pillars. So beyond cars, the power solutions, the service infrastructure where you want to really stand out, your own point of sale that are somehow like a community hub also maybe integrate with a co-working partner and then the, the community aspects that include content also that you're producing. How does your, it seems like this is all enabling individual electric mobility with a premium vehicle. You still believe that people are mostly maybe going, at least in this segment, going to buy and own vehicles, travel in their own unique vehicle. Are you going to extend into other forms of travel somehow? Or are your users going to have advantages when they leave their city? They have to leave their car behind, maybe travel to another destination. Are you going to integrate with other forms of travel? Or is that, is that mainly uh, right now for when you are in the place where your own car is? I think uh, coming back to the ownership experience, uh, we believe this still will be on in the long term in the future because owning a premium product is always a kind of, I'm not saying everybody's dream, but uh, this kind of psychological feeling we believe will be for the long term. And uh, secondly, in terms of the uh, new business model, whether we will have also the other form to uh, enable our users to have uh, driving the new vehicles. Uh, we are working on that, in fact. Mm -hmm. So far, uh, we have only serving the Chinese user in the Chinese market. But in terms of 
the user benefit and in terms of the user experience, we definitely will want to offer a global experience for our user. For example, any of the user in the future from Germany, if he or she travel to China, how he or she can still drive a new or other way around for our user from China coming to European continent. And there's many ways I think you can explore, like car rental, also like some other possibilities. But for a premium brand, Neo still believe in the ownership experience. Mm -hmm. You mentioned as one of the columns, the power solutions, and you quickly mentioned swapping stations, also the plan to have some swapping stations in the Oslo area soon. And the new manager in Norway around the launch said something like, today EV drivers use their cars very much like internal combustion engine vehicles. But I'm convinced that Neo's smart EVs can change and we will use our vehicles more intelligently. What does he mean? Does that refer to being able to swap at these swapping stations? Or what would a more intelligent use of electric vehicles look like? What do we have to change compared to combustion engines? I think as uh, Marcus Heider is uh, the guy, uh, our general manager in Norway said last Thursday about uh, the users still pretty much uh, on the same pattern, like uh, using the combustion engine, mm -hmm. it means in different uh, perspective. One of the perspective, as I just described, how NEO will build up the community, this feeling. So uh, as I mm -hmm. said, NEO is about starting with uh, electrical EV, but building up a community where we will share the joy and grow together. So this is uh, actually what the founder wants to achieve. Uh, like I mentioned, it's a vision of the company. And uh, with all those things, of course, uh, Neo is already different, differentiating from the other combustion engine OEMs, so the car makers. And secondly, what he means is definitely in connection with our battery swap station, what we are offering in Chinese market, we call it a bus, battery as a service. I mean, you guys uh, is mm -hmm. actually a, a kind of uh, um, SaaS, a software as a service. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we introduced a bus as a business model since uh, last summer in Chinese market. And so far, we have over 50% take rate of the new car sales. That means every second new car user in Chinese market will choose to use a bus Uh, instead of uh, purchasing the battery pack. So that and means, th does that mean that the purchase price for the car is basically lower because you don't own the battery that's included, but then you have a monthly payment from there on out um, while yeah. you use it? So. We, we don't have uh, the price announced for the European market. What I can name you is uh, what is uh, the roughly price level in Chinese market. In China, if you choose a 70 kilowatt battery pack uh, for any of the uh, new vehicle and uh, using the bus, the purchasing price will be reduced immediately about 70,000 RMB. So it's uh, roughly 9,000 euro. Mm. Uh, and as you mentioned, one of the biggest benefits for the user is to lower the entry level owning a premium EV and smart EV. And secondly, is of course increase clearly the residual value of the vehicle. Because the EV residual value nowadays heavily impacted by the battery pack. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, thirdly is how we can help our user to upgrade their usage of on-demand. What that means, uh, meaning if you are just uh, purchase a car for within the city commute, you don't need to buy a big battery pack only because of the range necessary. Instead, with a bus, you can have a monthly upgrade, either for one month or two months for your summer holiday. You just simply drive your car, going to the next battery swap station, and having a 150 kilowatt battery pack with a much higher range for your summer holiday or winter holiday, whatever it should be. And by paying a small upgrade price, Right, and in China, if you use a seventy kilowatt, the monthly fee is about hundred thirty euro. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's why that's with a bus. Is basically we are the first company enable our user the the car can be chargeable, can be swappable, but also can be upgradable. And how much contribution you can do that for the sustainability? Because not every customer needs to buy a big battery pack only because he needs just one or two years a year for a long journey trip, right? You mentioned so a lot. that is the second very big differentiation what our Marius Heiler meant on last Thursday mm -hmm. about how we differentiate. So we are differentiating not only to the combustion engine, but also to the other electrical car makers uh, with a bus, mm -hmm. isn't it? Very much, yeah. You mentioned this community that the company wants to build and a feeling to create amongst its users. And you said that's different from what most current OEMs achieve. Do you sometimes draw analogies from other industries or what are other brands, if you can say so, that's like not that you would admire that have achieved something like this? So like what direction are you or orienting um, towards <laughs> if, you are, if you can't find the analogies within your industry? What's yeah. an industry that has done this better? Uh, honestly, to say it's not... Um really about me is really about uh, our founder, why he established this company at all, and what he wants to achieve as uh, ultimate uh, mission and vision of the company. So that's why we we did look at around uh, within the automobile industry, but uh, we are really looking more around or outside the automobile industry. Uh, so we, we look at uh, how it could be developed uh, finally. I just want to take a quote from our chairman during the Shanghai Motor Show. So he did mention about uh, Apple. So we believe uh, there's uh, competitors in the industry, but we believe Apple could be really big game changer and uh, transforming the entire industry. Mm -hmm. And you see the approach that they used to drive user satisfaction, the loyalty that they have from their users, the brand following and so on, as examples, what you would also, what you are also creating in mobility. Yeah, I think it's about, as I mentioned, the, the entire ecosystem. Yeah, It's not only about uh, you're offering a car. You know, in the today's uh, traditional 
automobile industry, especially if you look at the sales and service structure, is basically uh, carted into the different uh, different pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And the NEO, as I just described, is offering uh, and uh, alongside the entire value chain. So starting from the product definition, the car design, until the POL, the product end of the life cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. And in, and alongside the whole value chain, NEO is there with our users. And also, besides a bus, we also announced uh, January this year with the AD as a service. So you can uh, basically purchase it on a monthly basis of the AD services. I'm the AAD? Uh, alternative driving. Ah, okay. What's your into that. So what, what level are you currently driving at in China and how, how do you see that evolve? Yeah, I mean, uh, about the AD, if I talk about the technology roadmap, uh, Neo decided from the very beginning as we founded the company to make in-house uh, capability installed. So that's actually where we spent all the capital we raised one of the area in the product development. So that's why we have a team established in San Jose in the summer 2016. And we have also a team in China, in Beijing, and in Shanghai with uh, alternative driving and ADAS development. And uh, we, with uh, the most recently uh, launch of our first sedan ET7, Neo demonstrate uh, actually the roadmap uh, for our AD technology, meaning 2022, we will have, or actually this year, we will have our level four AD equipped in the ET7 with over 33 sensor and camera unit and with a leader installed as well. All of this is coming very quickly within a few years and from a still relatively small team. So you went from basically nothing or like 30, 40 people you mentioned in 2014 to now about 9,000. And yet when you break all these areas down, the individual teams must be relatively small. The responsibility on every person must be very high. What's the most difficult area, the most risky area at the moment? If new should fall behind its plan, what's probably going to be the reason? Where's the most risk at the moment? I mean, <laughs> you mean overall in the corporate or uh, in the technology-wise? In the in the plan to your sales figures for the next two years. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, overall, we our chairman defined uh, the company uh, history in the different phases. So uh, until twenty. 19, we said from 2014 to 19, we call it a phase one in the company history, formation of the team. Mm-hmm. So basically, during this period, we try to really establish a function for function, team by team, and also city by city, including the sales and service network, our entire team. And so far, until 2019, we believe we had established uh, pretty much the structure. And starting from 2019 until the 2023, the chairman defined it as a so-called uh, qualification phase. Uh, mm. Or even probably he correct uh, last time, I think it's until 2025, 
Yeah, he means、uh, with a qualification phase, meaning,、mm. yeah, we could enter into the industry field, but we need to really qualify ourselves to be able to stay in the industry and in the in the competition for long run. So that's why he means 2025. We will see basically. The shape and the business model in the new AD ages,、mm-hmm. the autonomous driving ages, with all the players, also including the new, even the new big giant coming into the competition like、uh, Apple. So、mm-hmm. we will see. Okay, what we believe, or he believes, he believes、uh, until then. The automotive industry, with this wave, a smart EV, will pretty much have a clear indication of what will be the long-term competition look like. Very interesting. Yeah. And、Do、then from twenty twenty-five forward, it's about the competition in the new form and the business concept of the autonomous driving EV. Right, so it's about、uh, it's not for me. It's from our chairman how he <laughs> looked into the industry. Very interesting. So you said from the founding 2014, there was a time phase called phase one, the formation of team until 2019. Yes. And now you're in a phase that's called internally the qualification phase. Yes. Being able to show until 2025, and you basically, if I understand correctly, you're assuming that the industry dynamics will. Really change a lot in the coming years, so it's still to be seen what everything looks like then, and will、uh, new be able to compete? And afterwards, it's competition in the new form. Yeah. So you basically really expect that the industry will, if I understand correctly, look much different in,、uh, let's say, four years, twenty-five, than it did four years ago. You expect more, <laughs> much more change、yeah. to come. Right. That is、uh, why we decided at the very beginning to put the money, put the capital into our in-house the、uh, uh, technology capacity development. Besides the、uh, entire autonomous driving technology, we also developed、uh, in-house our drivetrain system. So, like a BMS, even cooling system, and even the beginning of our electrical motors. By ourselves, Neo with the ES8, for example, was the first、uh, premium、uh, BEV SUV equipped with、uh, inductive magnet、uh, electrical motors at that time. You mentioned several times that possibly Apple will enter the space as a premium EV manufacturer, of course, seeking autonomy, but no one knows if, at what level they will be able to do it. <laughs> And your, your, if I understand correctly, you are. Much more orienting around what you imagine they will do in this space than what you currently see current incumbents do or premium manufacturers at the moment do. You're referencing to what Apple does in community, for example, and in their points of sales, in their service infrastructure, and that's what you think will really influence the industry in a few years, rather than what people yeah, do at the moment. Yeah, I think,、uh, Guna, one of the key message. From our chairman's observation, or his、uh, long-term、uh, strategic thinking, is based on the、uh, mobile internet mm-hmm. age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because with the mobile internet, the society and the patterns, how we are living, is changing, right? 
and uh, should be changed also quite much if you look at even in five years. Mm. Yeah. And that's why if you look at also the other industry, I mean, that will be my observation. Everybody is trying to make themselves adjusted to the big trends in the entire planet. Yeah, this is AI, this is big data, this is also autonomous drive. I mean, if we just look at either it's a passenger vehicle or a commercial vehicle, even probably earlier with a commercial vehicle with the trucks, with autonomous driving compared to the passenger vehicles, and with big data AI, and with all this future technology or new technology, how we live, how we communicate, communicate, how we interact with each other will be changed or is changing now. Very interesting. And when you say, uh, when you talk about how our commute changes, how our you know, travel time changes and your own ambitions for autonomous driving, then I was <laughs> inevitably thinking about the community pillar of your house again, basically, where you already gave some examples how content gets produced. Yeah. And probably that's not just a marketing spend, but eventually also maybe a revenue source. Um, I mean, I won't really uh, comment on that, whether it's a revenue source or not. Uh, but as I mentioned, what, uh, what we are doing now uh, are serving mainly one purpose. It's as a user enterprise, right? And, uh, you know, it's just like um, you make the infrastructure project. First of all, you have to make your channels, right? Everything done. And the, the water flows automatically later on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And according to the Chinese philosophy, sometimes we say the water, I mean, that's a Chinese uh, philosophy, uh, means in some perspective is uh, wealth, mm -hmm. right? So um, that's why, I, I mean, to be honest, our chairman used to comment uh, in the several interviews already, we are not aiming to earn money right now from our service, from our community. Right? So this is really about uh, how we want to connect the brand, how we make a so-called joyful lifestyle for our user and in different uh, aspects around their life. That's very interesting because when I, I made an assumption when I asked you about what could go wrong in hitting some targets, and I assume your target is probably uh, units delivered or units sold. <laughs> uh, also for Tesla was somehow a lot in the focus uh, right now to really ramp up the number of units produced and then also show what break-even could look like and so on. But you're probably tracking in addition then also engagement of people or how would you measure this aspect of how well your infrastructure works, because it can't just be cars delivered. You need somehow people engaged with the brand in order to basically differentiate, but also use other services in the future. Do you somehow, what's your, what are your guiding metrics for this current phase of qualification? I assume it's not just cars delivered then. If you look at the traditional value chain, by having an importer or distributor or retailer, how much margin you have to spend on that, mm -hmm. right? And instead, we just made this investment by ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
right? I mean, uh, there is the 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 margin in between from the car maker, the today's car maker, to the end user. But if you look at uh, how much headache this current system created for the user, and how much confusion is uh, caused, that is uh, one of the starting points. Uh, how new was established, as I said, right? We we look at the really 2000, the chairman started to think about this, a big idea back 2012. Mm-hmm. And he made his action in 2014 as he and his wife were expecting the first kids, right? Mm-hmm. And by looking into the very bad uh, polluted smoke in Peking where they lived at that time, and he thought uh, that's the time uh, he want to do something to make the world better. And uh, he want to also obviously feel that is uh, his uh, mission to make that uh, for his kids and uh, the next generations. Right? And this is uh, one of uh, the starting points. And the other point was actually the productivity loss because uh, traffic because without uh, alternative driving, so we we cannot get over the better use of the time during the traffic time. And of course, there's also one of the terrible user experience as I just described with today's system. And we, we just, we, we normally say the peak owing a car was really at the moment when you do your payment, right? And you felt like a king, but afterwards you have to deal with uh, different players from the different industry. And instead, Neo is just taking over those headaches with us and trying to offer very free and hassle-free after-sale service and the user experience for the user. And owning a car should become another pleasant journey instead of a headache. Hmm. Fascinating. I mean, I think many people can relate to what you just said. You're treated like a king when you maybe pick up a car and then afterwards, afterwards, it's a lot of headache associated. Very interesting. You started out introducing Neo as not another premium EV company. Instead, you described how Neo is building a community and trying to create a feeling, a lifestyle brand that you have a hard time almost finding examples for in the current industry. You're more looking also to other industries to get inspired, especially you mentioned Apple several times. Of course, they are also expected to enter the space and you basically divided the times in which you're thinking into some different areas and said now is the qualification phase because the industry will change so much and we will see in a few years, maybe by 2025, who's even still qualified to play anymore. And you basically describe the pillars of the new strategy house that has the foundation of like a fully mobile experience. 200,000 daily active users, by the way. I'm not sure how many are on the Mercedes Me app, for example. We have to find out, but maybe (laughs) maybe less. And um, yeah, some of the pillars, a little bit obvious, but some not at all, not counterintuitive today for a car brand to expect um, to come from a car brand with the content and the physical spaces that you can also use as a user. And yeah, it's a fascinating story. Thanks a lot for in this yeah, very busy time, I'm sure. If you <laughs> achieved so much with so few people, you must be extremely busy. But thanks a lot for taking an hour out of your day today and talking to us about this journey. It's really fascinating. Thank you. 
Thank you, Guna, for uh, having me, and thank you for your time. Of course, all the best for your company as well. Thank you. All right. 